This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome, my friends, to the Wolverine Speedway Show down at Madurk. You're at npr.nz triple nine am. We talk speedway, Robertson Holden International Speedway. Plus, we talk with drivers and track managers, promoters from other tracks around New Zealand. Chris, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, good to you, Daniel. Uh, good to have you on the show too this week, bro. Yeah, cheers, bro. Thought um, we'd get our mate mate here on um, on the show, uh, fresh in MIQ. Um, yeah, thought we'd get yep. something a bit different on. That's it, that's it. And um, yeah, our first MIQ guest as well. Uh, so we've got Brayton Davison. He's um, currently sitting in his in his hotel room because I guess there's nothing else he can do. We, we, when we sent you the link and, we, and you said, oh, you know, I'll jump on in five, ten minutes, we sort of think, well, you can't exactly go down to the bar and get another drink and, you know, you can't run away too far. Yeah. <laughs> How's it all going for you there, mate? How's it all going in the MIQ? Bit of fun? Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. It's 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 definitely hard, um, you know. Just especially sort of just left my partner in America as well, so it's kind of hard, like not being with her and um, just being, you know, you're trapped in your room like all day. And it's four. I mean, I'm up to my tenth day now, you know. So like, it, it definitely um, it gives you like a lot of time to think about things. I've definitely been thinking about a lot, and um, sometimes I get a little bit. I feel like maybe. I've been overthinking things a little bit a lot as well. And I just sort of need to just, you know, I wouldn't say it drives you insane, but it kind of just makes you think about a lot of things. And yeah, it's a, it's a little crazy, actually. Do you sort of take it as a bit of time, though, to have a bit of r and a bit of relaxation, knowing you don't actually have to get up and sort of do anything? You can just go at your own pace and jam out. I don't know. you got a laptop, obviously. Someone deliver you a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I was kind of hoping I'd get MIQ in Auckland, which is where I live, and I was gonna have my my mum drop my drop my PC off so I could do a bit of gaming and stuff like that, but it didn't work out like that. And so I'm down here in MIQ in Christchurch. So uh, my mum did um, fly down my laptop, so I've been able to I've been lucky enough to get caught up on some shows I wanted to watch and just listen to some music and talk to some people I maybe haven't talked to as much as I'd, I've wanted to in the last you know while so it's been good to catch up with people as well so it's all been really cool sweet is it is it um sort of eye-opening now that you're doing it as to what we used to see well we see on tv and i guess last year was the real eye-opener of what we'd all see on tv and thought oh man that's quite daunting but um is it kind of what you know you see it on tv now you're doing it sort of thing and it's like hey you know it's just uh the part we've got to play yeah, I, I definitely think it is a part we've got to play, and I, I think it's important as well. So, and I and I understand it completely. It's it just is quite hard, you know. I mean, you get given like a, a certain a set time where you can go outside and get fresh air and stuff, but it it, it definitely is like being in such a confined space, a confined space for so long. It's it is definitely hard, and um, you do run out of things to do, run out of things to do pretty quickly. Yep, yep. Let's uh, let's talk a bit more. I guess positive stuff, but more funner stuff. Um, yeah. The reason you're in MIQ is because you went to the USA. Was that what? What was that trip all about, mate? Do you uh, head over on a on a race trip or a personal trip? What's the go there? Um, well, my my partner Haley is, is American, so we so she had been over in New Zealand for a year and a half, and when and we were supposed to go back the year before in April, so like 2020 in April. And that's sort of, I think that's sort of just about when COVID hit. So that could have called, that sort of called that off. And um, so she had to stay an extra year and a bit or whatever it was. So we decided to go back this year. We, we, we bit the bullet, went back this year. Um, my plan was to do a bit of racing, but it just didn't work out how I wanted it to. I couldn't manage to get a deal where I wanted to, um, where I could get into a ride and do some racing where I was based. But um, I was able to do, do some, do some work over there and I, one one thing I did do a lot in America while I was there is um before I before I left New Zealand I was sort of just in a in a pretty bad space like mentally with with just how things were going for me in my life I think like I just wasn't enjoying my my job that I worked at and my racing wasn't really going how I planned and it, 
it just sort of um it it was the perfect time for me to leave and get away and think about things and um i think i think that time away really made me think about a lot and um i i while i was there i also was able to um get a deal sort of for next year for when i go back so there there was a lot of even though i wasn't able to race i think i i also gained a lot um I, I improved a lot and I thought about a lot and, and made some goals when I get back and stuff, you know. So I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good came out of it. Just retire those batteries, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. I, That's the one I've been working, yeah, I've, I've been working pretty hard like New Zealand. It was just a job I really wasn't enjoying either. And so just to get here, like recharge, you know, think about, just rethink the direction I'm going in was, was pretty big for me. Yeah. And I see you got around a few tracks over there, bro. Got um see some pretty wicked sprint car races and stuff. Did see you got yeah, yeah. meet your idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my idol Casey Kane. That was really cool. I was, I was really nervous about that. And I, I didn't. I, I'm sort of the type of person. I, I'm quite an anxious kind of uh, like shy kind of person. I just didn't want to. I don't like being that guy that sort of Fangirl. gets in the yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like gets in the way and kind of be like weird and stuff. So it was, I was quite short with it and stuff. But that was cool and. It was cool to also watch a lot of racing and, and stuff like that. So I did get to watch a bit, and, and that was really cool as well. So, yeah. So whereabouts did you meet um, Casey Kane? Because, I mean, like, uh, I I loved him when he was in NASCAR, kind of um, falling off following him too much. But, um, yeah, he definitely would have been the man to meet. Yeah, I, um, I met him at Skagit Speedway in, in Washington State. So it's just just below Canada and just above Oregon on the west coast, and yeah, that that's a, it was actually cool as well because it was Washington State's his home state as well. So drew out the big home crowd, the, the local crowd and stuff, and people were going pretty crazy over him. So it was actually pretty awesome to see that. Do you sort of um you know drop yourself and you know hey um race and I race in New Zealand you know things like that and and get talking that sort of way or do you just literally talk to him as a fan because yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, I, I think other people maybe like it. Sort of just depends the type of person you are. Um, with me, I'm just not I'm not outgoing enough to sort of you know put myself out there like that. And I I was actually planning to say I, I do some racing over in New Zealand, but I was just I think I was too shy in the moment, and I just uh, it's not really what I was thinking about. I don't think so. I, I was sort of more just you know. Uh, you know, good run tonight. That was that was really cool to see you here and stuff, and sort of just left it at that, you know. But um, yeah, that, that just kind of left it there. How, how does it? Is. How does that feel? Like uh, I feel the same way sometimes when you meet uh, even just some of the legends of superstock and stock car racing. Like being on yeah. on the microphone and commentating, it's cool. You get to talk to so many people, and even just talking to like yourself, and even talking to some of my mates, it's it's, it's I still get a buzz out of it. Let alone meeting guys like. I remember when I met Kyle Larson at um at Huntley. So like when people meet you though, like kids and that, it's it's a complete opposite. You're you're Casey Kane, and and you know, and 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 you've got kids in your shoes. How do you feel when yeah. they do that to you? I honestly, I, I love that stuff. You know, like I I love being. I'd love to think that I'm what someone looks up to. You know, and if I can, you know, make a difference in one person's life, and you know, and and try to like steer them in, in, a, in a cool direction like that, that that's really cool um but when i'm on the other end i'm just sort of i'm not too good at being that guy yeah <laughs> uh, fair enough mate fair enough yeah so so what other tracks did you sort of manage to get around over there um so i left in when did i leave i left in early april i think and we landed in in, in california uh and uh, Haley's my partner my partner's parents they live in California so we were able to go to Placerville Speedway in um in California that was really cool that was there was some good sprint car racing there and then from there we spent a couple of weeks there and we went to Washington and um there's only really two dirt tracks in Washington just Grays Harbor Raceway which is uh, about 45 minutes from where we live and then there's Skagit Speedway which is about two hours north from where we live quite yeah. quite close to Canada so those were the only two tracks we were able to get to to watch some racing Gee, are they are they quite yeah. uh quite into the old motorsport her family yeah yeah um Haley's dad used to race um sprint cars himself so he's really into it and we're uh we're working on a on a sprint car deal together for next year so that's something we're both really excited about and 
Wow. He's been out of the sport. Yeah, he's been out of the sport for a for a long time as well. So I think he's pretty excited to get back into it and stuff and kind of a cool project to do together. That's last awesome. Time you man. Went, yeah. Last time you went over, um you actually got to have a skid over there, eh, man? Yeah. Yeah, I was able to do some sprint car racing. That was my first time in a sprint car uh, when I went over last time in 2019. Um, that would been really good. And it was, that was an eye-opener to me because I had heard a lot of things about how, you know, sprint car racing might be a bit easier compared to midget racing with the wing and stuff and all the aero and stuff. But there was an eye-opener when I had my first go and just the amount of G-force um, on your body and stuff. Like, I was just drained after my first night. I just couldn't believe it. It was, they're definitely different animals. <laughs> yeah. How many, so how many, uh, what sort of, you know, how many races did you end up doing over, over when you went a couple of years ago? Did you do like a, think, a, a speed week or something like that? Didn't do a speed week, but I think I ended up doing um, about 10 races. I think I, we, we did the, uh, ASC, the ASCS series, uh, American Sprint Car Series. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. We did that. We ran with that series that ran for three or I think it ran for about five nights, I think. And that, that was a pretty cool deal. I did that and we actually got some good results out of that as well. So that was pretty awesome. I think that's the um, one that I think Skinny Colson may have hit a few years back because I you know, imagine um, Skagit Speedway, he rates it. He absolutely loves it. He says it's his favorite track in America, old Skinny. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of New Zealanders have been there. I know there's, I always forget his name, but there's someone in Christchurch who used to go there quite often. One of the sprint car drivers down in Christchurch, and uh, and I think um, Dean Brindle raced over there at some point as well, yeah. and maybe Jamie Larson possibly as well. And there's a couple Steven, more. I've, I've Taylor, I think it was. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah. there's been a few, I think. Sweet, sweet. And of course, while you're over there, you mentioned you um, managed to get a big a deal sorted for this season uh, back here in New Zealand. So um, we'll touch yeah. on that because that's a it's a pretty big deal. You've you've signed on. Well, do you call it signed on? Do you, do you sign a contract with Midget Racing? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, me and Jeff did a did a, brought up a deal like that. I obviously haven't signed it yet, being being here and um, being well being over in New, in America before. But I think we're gonna we are gonna come to a deal like that and sort of sign off on something. Yep, yep. So when we mentioned Jeff, we're talking HLR, you've signed with um, Harper Leonard Racing. Sounds cool or like yep. that. Sounds like an IndyCar team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you signed with HLR, which last season had uh, Ryan O'Connor and I, the name evades me from the second driver, but um, you're, you're jumping in the 97 machine. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited about this. Um, I had the chance to work with Jeff two seasons ago. And Jeff and HLR, I had the chance to work with them a couple of seasons ago. Jeff helped me out when I was when I was struggling and um, took us into his workshop. And we sort of ran out of his workshop for a season. And we decided this season to sort of go all in on it. Uh, me and Jeff have always got along really well and sort of seen eye to eye on, on a lot of things. So we thought it was a good time to sort of join forces and for me to jump in one of his cars and give it a crack. So how does a deal like that come around? Because... From where my background and, and Sparky's background, like, it's well, not racers, but as spectators and, and sort of superstock stock car ranks, you just own your car and, and race it, or maybe your boss owns it or something like that at work because yeah. he, you know, he wants to fulfill his dream. But midgets, it's a whole different ball game, eh? So, how do you put together a deal like this where, I mean, and, and to start with, it would have probably came about before you went to America or something, maybe the talks or something, but how does that work in midget racing? I think uh, I think one thing I've sort of learned about <clears throat> Speedway, I'm not sure if it's the same in, in Superstocks and stuff, but it's I think it's a lot about making those connections, you know, and networking and, and talking to lots of people. And it, like as much as it is going out there and racing and then, and then going home, I think it's about, you know, staying at the end of the night or, or at the start of the night, just talking to lots of people. Like the more people you talk to, the more conversations you're having, you're meeting new people, like, and you're, and you're um, getting across the point of like how much you want to race and how much racing means to you. And I think that's sort of that, that's something I've, I've learned from a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people do that and, and make those connections like that. And I think it, it didn't really happen for me like that with Jeff. Like me and Jeff had sort of just known each other just from in the pits and seeing each other. But um, I, I think that's definitely how you can sort of 
um, if you're looking at trying to drive for someone, like to drive for someone's team, I think it's just a, a lot about, you know, just, just getting, getting putting yourself out there and, and, and talking to them and having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So next year, HLA, obviously we touched, you're going to be in the 97 car. Who's, who's the other drivers that are going to be in the, in the team? Uh, from, from, from what I understand at the moment, it's, um, Ryan O'Connor in the sprint car and, Cole Robertson and a midget as well. And there's another, I'm going to feel bad for not remembering this, but there's another guy that's racing. <laughs> there's another guy that's racing one of the sprint cars. And then there's two F2s, F2 midgets. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's Bruce James and Tim Pipes that are racing those. So we've got a pretty stacked lineup, I think, this yep. season. Yeah, they didn't they buy um, Jamie Larson's sprint car um, from last season? The one that Ryan's going into next year. Um, yeah, Jeff did buy that, but I think I think Ryan's racing a different one. And oh, nice. The the guy I can't remember what his name was. He, he's a he he's a bit of an older dude that used to race back in the day, and he's he's oh, racing nice. for the season. Um, he's racing the Jamie Larson car. Um, can't remember his name, but I'm yeah you know, I'm gonna feel bad for that. But <laughs> be cool to see Rhino back out there in a sprint car. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I when I was working at Jeff's shops. It, a couple of years ago, um, it was Ryan's first year there at HLR, and I, I talked to him quite a bit. And Ryan's is just a super, just really mature, down to earth guy, just super genuine. Um, he knows a yeah. lot as well. He's been around the sport for a while, and he's pretty, pretty damn good sprint car driver as well. So he's definitely a real cool person he's, to get to work he's with. He's been like, yeah, he's been out there for years. I remember him when he was in the Salter Cartage, I think it was an eight car, and um, yeah. I met him at Harrisville, and he was just a top bloke then, just. Loved the good old Sean and yeah, yeah, really, gen- really genuine dude. He loves the chat and he's, he, to be honest, he's one of the. He looks like one of the happiest guys in the pits as well. Whenever I'm walking around, so yeah, he's, he's a good dude. There you go, Richard Battersby is going to be your teammate in the '99 sprint car. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what a quick Google does or a quick Facebook. So there we go. So, uh, yeah. three-time New Zealand modified sprint champ, which is mini sprints and. Um, you know, used to race with Butterworth and Tracy and all that back in the 80s. So there you go. You've got a pretty legendary teammate, although uh, in the sprint car class, I'm sure a valuable experience to uh, to pass yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's always good having those experienced guys in there. I feel like they've got a lot of knowledge and a lot of sort of stuff they can pass on down to us younger guys. So Have you ever thought about moving up? Oh, sorry, Stu. No, no, you go, you go. Have you ever thought about moving up in the sprint cars in the New Zealand scene or is more midgets, more your your type of what background you've had coming through the quarters and the TQs. It's actually funny you say that. Um, I am going to be running a couple of spring. Well, I think well, me and Jeff have been in talks of doing a couple of sprint car shows this season here and there, um, which is really cool. And that sort of just came about from obviously doing the, the races that I did in America. But I think uh, my passion has always been with midgets. Like that's like my dad raced midgets and, and then he, um, he owned his own midget and Bryce Townsend raced, raced it when I was really young. And so I sort of just, I've just grown up my whole life only knowing midgets and, and nice. that's been my passion. And, um, but over the years I've sort of expanded my, um, what would you call it? Your vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I've sort of, and being in America, like I think the sprint car stuff's definitely more popular. And so seeing that has sort of, sort of caught my eye quite a bit. And I sort of, and definitely keen to get in there and see see what I can do there. Nice. Definitely, like you mentioned there, um, I was kind of gone a little bit off topic, but yeah, it's funny you say that because Kyle Larson, obviously, um, when he comes to New Zealand, he only wants to race midgets because to him, midgets are the big show over here. Um, and over there, he runs midgets occasionally because the front cars are the big show over there. It's, mm. it's quite um, a bit backwards because... I guess general public kind of think sprint cars in New Zealand, you know, the things with wings. Um, and we kind of think midgets are big over there because we hear more about chili bowl and stuff like that too. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, like, is that sort of like an ambition? Like with, with signing up a team like HLR, does that kind of open up more doors to race? I know you've got a sprint car deal coming up in America, but does that open more midget deals to get into, say, like the likes of chili bowl or a, a USAC series or something like that? Having... Having signed with with um, Jeff, um, I, I I think it does, and and that's all. That's something Jeff 
you know, Jeff's done a couple of midget we- like in a couple of midget weeks with USAC, and, and I, he's expressed that he wants he'd like to do one more. You know, uh, he's got one more midget week in him and stuff. So that is cool to, to hear about, and that that would definitely be awesome. That's something I've never done before. Um, but I, I sort of um, I I grew up for so long, like in school, and all I thought about was racing and. And um, all I thought was racing. I just didn't. I, I wasn't very good in school because all I thought could think about was racing. And like, I, I had a goal for my. I had a goal for myself, and I wanted to be some. I wanted to be at a certain point by a certain age. And and it sort of occurred to me maybe a year or two ago that I just that just things just weren't going to the plan that I had. And and you know I wanted to be doing like major week at like by the time I was eighteen. And I wanted to be doing. I wanted to have done like a chili bowl and. And all that sort of stuff, and and I got to the I got to twenty, and I'm like, man, like where did the years go? Like, what happened? How how did I get off track of where I wanted to be? And and so now I've just sort of I've come to the I maybe mean, not a realization, but it's 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 I think um I just how would you put it? Like it's just it, it, it whatever comes to me is like um sort of take it as it comes now yeah 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 i think that, yeah. i think that's what i'm trying to say i'm just taking it as it comes like if, if that happens that's really cool and that would be uh, that like that, that sort of stuff like chili bowl midget week like any sort of sprint car show that's just awesome i think i think now i just i feel more lucky to be able to, to do the thing i love most which is you know go racing on the weekends and i and just i really just want to enjoy it and, and soak it in more instead instead of being so serious and being so like set on getting somewhere. I think I just need to more take it like as it comes, you know, just yeah. chill out a little bit more, maybe just relax and stuff like that. And, yeah. Who yeah. knows your, res- your results might reflect in that as well. So you're not so uptight. And, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Well, how, how old are you now? I'm 21 now. Oh, yeah. years, mate. You've got years and years. Yeah. yeah. He's just had his birthday, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with, okay. So let's, Back with HLR, back here in New Zealand. Um, you've done a bit of you've you've done a bit of work with them before, but how how is it going to be different from uh, running your own car last like you did last season? Um, Brayton yeah. Davison Racing, we saw that the '67 machine, and to the '97 car. Like you park your car in the shed at home at Mum and Dad's or something, and you just race this. How does it all work? Like, what's going to be the the main differences? Um, so it'll, it's all under, it's a total me racing Jeff's gear sort of deal. So we're, yeah, our, our stuff is, is being sold and, and, that, and that's not going to be a thing anymore. It's just, I've sort of gone all in with Jeff and, um, we're just, we're going all in to try and make this deal work together. And we, me and Jeff also, like, we just share a lot of similarities and we, and we think alike on a lot of things. And I, th- I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of just sort of, you know, coming together and, and, and working together a lot. And I think that's going to, what's going to make it work. And that's going to be a bit different for me because I'm with our, with our deal that we had last year, just running our own family deal. It was sort of, you know, just um, we sort of just make de- make decisions just, just whenever, you know, like if we want to do this, we do it. If we want, you know, if we want to do that, then we'll just do it, do it straight away. Whereas with, with racing for Jeff, you know, it's his gear. So we, there's a certain process you have to go through to, to make changes and stuff. And I think the biggest thing will be working with Jeff and, and just making decisions with Jeff and, and, and going from there. Bang, bang, good fun. And do you have a, um, a crew chief? Like, do you have a new crew chief? Are you bringing one with you? Because that seems to be the big thing at open wheel racing. I think um from what i gathered i think jeff's the crew chief and I, i've got a crew chief that crewed on my car last year and he's coming with me so i think it's just going to sort of be more of a, a team effort between between the two of them and just getting that done onto the car from there sweet man because you've sort of worked with um i call them the big teams in the past like i see through your page you've had a devil with bsl um with uh racing as well so you've sort of experienced a few of the, the bigger teams around as well. Yeah. I, I was, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of good, great opportunities come to me and I've, I've raced for some good people. I raced for Seamount for a year and I was really lucky to race for Lee and, and Brett Morris. Um, that was really cool. And I, I haven't raced for BSL, but a BSL, 
<clears throat> excuse me, BSL have always done a lot for me. And, and if I've ever needed something done, like really last minute, like they've always, they've, they've always really been really welcoming to me and been able to help me out when I need it. And I think that that's really cool that you're able to, you know, sort of go to a lot of different teams and they'll be willing to help you out like that. Dang. Massive, massive. Because you're uh, in your fifth season. Well, this will be coming up to your fifth year of midget racing. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. So, what kicked into it about for uh, sixteen, seventeen? Yeah, fifteen or sixteen. And when we when we started, it, we sort of cracked on, and it, it was looking really good. And then at at, at some point after a couple of seasons, that just things went weren't going well and I, I we had a lot of motor issues and it was sort of just like issue after issue and we just had a couple of bad seasons so I'm just really looking forward to sort of restarting and refreshing yep. the season and just starting starting new and not thinking about like oh how, how unlucky I am and and kind of feeling bad for myself and instead just looking towards the future and being positive about it yep well I'll, I'll gonna, I'm gonna bring it up just for the last time so that after after this show, no one else can is allowed to bring it up to you because it's all all eyes forward. <laughs> Last season, let's be fair, it, it looked it looked like it was crap. Um, yeah, I think it, I saw I saw a lot of um, a lot of exciting stuff, but it just seemed to be those last couple of laps and things like blowing a shock to pieces in a rut and and things like that. You know, someone else has hit a crash. And, yeah, it just seems like it was just not not the go, and and it looks like things are. I mean. That's this car business, but uh, I mean, you know, it's not your fault. But it looks like, um, you know, it, it's a real positive turnaround this deal from last season because it just looked like it was crazy. Yeah, I think it is, and it, for, for like the last couple of seasons, it was just the same thing. Like just you know, shocks like a shock would come apart, or or something would go wrong in the motor, and and we had fueling issues, and like it was just thing after it was just issue after issue, and I think I sort of. I got into a headspace of thinking like I'm the most unluckiest guy in the world and nothing's ever going to go right for me. And just, you know, I just in that headspace. And, but at the same time I'd go into the next weekend being hopeful, being like, Oh, it's going to work this weekend. We're going to be really good. So every time I got my hopes up and it went wrong, like I was just like slowly taking a step back. Like I'd, I'd go one step forward and then two steps back and just keep going back, 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 back. And to, and I think, so now I'm just sort of trying to take it with a different um, different mindset and just not think about all those that bad stuff that happened. That those years I can't get back, those seasons I can't get back. And I'm just thinking about um, what I can do going forward. We'll take a quick break here at Doing in the Dirt on NPR and be right back just after the break. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome back to Doing It In The Dirt on NPR. And we're talking with Brayton Davison while he's uh, tucked up in MIQ. And uh, kicking back into it, uh, Brayton, one thing I want to know with midget drivers, well, I want to talk about your past racing before midgets first, but um, I've seen you race as 71. I've seen you race as, I think, 24, 67, 97. How do you keep up with all the numbers, man? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, we started my I, my first ever car was a quarter midget, and um, we that's sort of the number like me and my dad chose together. So that's sort of been my my favorite number at heart um, for the longest time. And when we got to midgets, the sixty seven was taken, so we sort of just thought together the next coolest number we could think of, and it was seventy one, and we went, ran that for a while. And um, with seam out, um, one of their numbers was twenty four, so we, we ran that. And then um, obviously went back to 67 uh, last season. We were able to get that number. So it was cool to um, have that 67 back on. And now with Jeff Steele, he sort of sort of has his numbers. So now we've got a 97 on it. Nice. <laughs> it, 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 um, yeah. it makes for some good merchandise, though, surely. They, you know, the, the posters are at least a different every year. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
I think a cool thing about numbers and stuff is that there's a story behind every number, you know, and everyone has their has their reason for why they why they pick their number, you know, whether it's a birthday or it's got some sort of like special meaning and stuff. So I've always thought I've always liked the meaning behind numbers and stuff like that. Oh, exactly. I mean, like obviously Jeff uh, is this, obviously going to have stories behind it why he's got the nineties and seeing out with the twenty four and all that. But yeah, I think too for yourself, you know, as you get older. Um, with kids and all that sort of stuff too, you'd be able to at least um, revert back to which race teams you were with too, um, by numbers, I suppose. Yeah, it's cool to recognise and you know look at that number and say, oh yeah, that was when I was you know with them, and that's when I did our own family deal, and that was a that was a cool deal, like being able to race with my family and stuff. So yeah, it is a cool cool way to recognise things things like that. That's the one. Let's talk about. Um, we'll go back even further and. You started off in quarter midget. Okay, so how how did the racing come into into your blood? You know, you used to say you said you used to sit at school um, and and think about racing. Like many of us, was mum or dad into it? Were, were they racing? Um, yeah. So my dad got into racing. I wouldn't even be able to tell you the year. I think around the like nineties, eighties, nineties. I think. And um, he had he had a big wreck at some point and. From there, he just owned a car and he, uh, Bryce Townsend, ran for him for a while. Uh, he had uh, an American, Davy Ray, run for him for a season or two as well. And, and that's sort of what got me into it. You know, I was, I was going to racing from when I was born in 2000. You know, I was going to the races and um, it was just all, it was pretty much all I've ever known, you know, like just going to the races and, and watching racing and it just immediately caught my eye. And I was like, man, that, that's what I got to be doing. Like, this is what I'm watching. Like, this is, this is, I love what I'm what I'm seeing, and that's sort of what caught my eye and, and made me know what I want to do. Nice. So, your first uh, first forte into racing was quarter midget. So, what age did you race those for? Uh, I had my I had my first go on one at eight, but we my first actual race was I was nine years old. Um, my dad bought me my first quarter midget when I was nine. Man, and what? So, what age can you race those up to? Uh, it's eight to fifteen, but you can get like a what do you, what do they call it these days? Dispensation. dispensation. Yeah, you can get like a dispensation to go up to TQs or midgets at fifteen. I think that's and that's what we did. So yep. I raced quarter midgets from nine to fourteen. Sweet, and then into TQs from there, or straight to midgets. Um, we we went to TQs and we did, we're doing double duty for a couple seasons and and that was really cool it was very very tiring i think it's probably the fittest i've ever been in my life for sure but um it, it was also tough because we just i don't think we quite had enough crew to do it do it properly and the tq went really well but i think in turn the, the midget suffered and i was kind of just trying to learn them how to race the midget at the time so i think you know sometimes i sometimes it would work that i would go and have a tq race and i'd and something would happen that makes me really mad. And then I'd be like strapping into the midget for the midget feature and I'm feature and I'm like really mad. And I'm just like on kill mode, like going up for the midget race. And I think sometimes that affected me badly. So I think we did that for a couple of seasons and then we just sort of focused on the midget after that. Especially too, because they'd be both completely different to drive. So you yeah, yeah, mindsets. Yeah, that, that's right. So I think I was just a bit too young to be, you know. Obviously, pick Michael Perkins pulls it off pretty good, but um, I think I was maybe a little bit a little bit young to be trying to pull that off, and uh, wasn't able to quite quite properly learn both of them and do them properly at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So when you were in the the quarter midget class, or they call them Kiwi Kids as well, or something, eh? Yeah, I think yeah. it's the club the club name they call them the Kiwi yeah. Kids. Yeah. How, how much sort of success did you have in that? Because there's, I mean, looking back in um, some past drivers, I mean, you know, Pickens was is one of the um, the graduates and, and a few of the other top blokes. What was your sort of success in, in the quarter midgets? Yeah, it was really good. We had a we had a lot of good seasons in in the quarter midget. Um, uh, we we won something like fifty features and we won a lot of big races and. That was really cool. Um, we had some of our best best times in quarter minutes. Obviously, as a kid growing up, it was it was really cool to do that, and, and uh, we did quite a bit of winning, and, and that was cool. I really enjoyed it. Nice. And then obviously the the TQ ranks. How'd you sort of chuck along in that? 
Yeah, that was cool as well. Um, so my dad got me a TQ very, I was also very young. I was, I was 11, 11 years old doing laps in the TQ just at a, at a test track in um, Paddy Tonga. And um, so I was doing that for a few years. And then when I was 14, um, we did a little South Island trip and there's a couple of tracks that allow you to race a little younger. I think it was Ellesmere Speedway down the South Island. And I'm going to forget the other, what the other one was called. Was it Might Ashburton called, or something? Uh, yeah, it was Ashburton. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and that was awesome. I, I, I loved Ellesmere. That was an awesome track. Um, I was, and then we went to Ashburton the next day. And um, we won that race actually. So that was like my second time racing the TQ, and we won that. And that was so that was pretty damn awesome actually. Man, man, yeah. And then obviously a, into into the old midget. You had a bit of success in the um, TQ, there, didn't you? In a ride on that, I remember seeing you. Yeah, that's, that's sort of when you first caught my eye way back then with the CRC car, and you had you were going not bad in those. Yeah, so we I think so we won that one feature. I think we won a couple more features. We won one feature each season, the two seasons I was in it at Western Springs. So that was really cool. We had we had some we had some good finishes in that. I think we I think we had a couple of races we probably could have won as well. And there was just a couple of things that didn't go our way. So we had a lot of good a good a good time in the TQ class and I think we came fourth in one of the New Zealand titles. So that was pretty cool. We had a we had a good time in the TQs. Dang, dang. And um off off uh, dirt racing, I see. Well, it's still dirt racing. I see you dabble a bit in the uh, the i racing. Yeah, yeah, I, I do quite a bit of i racing. That's something I've mentioned about for a while now. It's it's a it's kind of a whole big another conversation. But um, we, I, I sort of run my own like community um, on i racing, and it's something that we've done since like 2014. So it's going about like six years ago now. So it's been going for a while and. It's really cool because everyone that we, well, not everyone, but a lot of people that we race with in real life are on iRacing. So it's pretty cool to, you know, be able to race, you know, against like Hayden Gubdor and Brett Jr. Morris and then, you know, be able to go Sunday the next day and go race with them online on iRacing. So it's, it's pretty cool like that. And it, and it, and it definitely like, keeps your head in the game as well. Like even though it's not a hundred, like hundred percent real and stuff, it's still, you know, res- almost, it resonates real life a little bit. So. It is cool, and it's good for keeping your head in the game like that. Yeah, sit there with your race gloves and your race boots on and, and get into it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it's all right. I've been watching the VAE series um, you know, the last few weeks on Sky, and, and yeah, man, the drivers are hard into it. You know, They've got their race boots on, they've got their gloves on, and, 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 and it's, it's some serious business. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. I think they also have, like, I can't quite remember, but I think they have like like big sponsor boards in behind them and stuff. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think they I think they use it um, quite quite wisely and and try to get a lot as much um, like marketing and, and exposure in as they can when they do that sort of stuff. Did you did you um compete in that bit of that? Uh, was it like a charity thing last year? Did you get to compete in that with uh, there's various speedway guys and I think they had like Murphy and Mad Mike and a few of the others. Yeah, I think I, did. I think that was the deal that Brendan Hartley run, wasn't it? Was yeah, that yeah. the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really cool. Actually, I enjoyed that. That was that was a really cool that cool deal that he ran there. Sweet. I just remember being at um, William Humphrey's place when he was competing in it, and he copped a fair bit of uh, bit of abuse from old Scotty McLaughlin, Bang Bang Gisberg, and yeah, accident. Yeah, that's funny. Good fun. Good fun. Doesn't sound like William. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some some general questions before we wrap up, mate. Um, you know, what sort of things are, are like um, your favourite track and to to race on? How many sort of tracks around the country you've been to as that as well? Um, so I've been to man, we went a lot of places in the quarter midget. The quarter midget club sort of goes a bit everywhere, you know. Like I think in the quarter midget, we sort of went as far north as Taipar, which is I think. I think it's only like an hour or two out of Cape Ranger or something. So it's pretty far up north and that's a pretty cool place. We always had a good time up there with the quarter midgets and stuff. And I mean, where else have we been? Uh, Whangarei, um, Western Springs, Waikaraka, uh, Napier, Wellington. 
Um, where else have we been? Ruapuna. What did you run Nelson. in the, the Mid-Jiddle or the TQ? Uh, TQ. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so we've, we've sort of been a bit of everywhere. Um, as far as a favorite track goes, probably, probably it'd have to be Western Springs just for the reason of that sort of like where I grew up and that's where I got into it and stuff like that. So I definitely love being at the Springs. Yep. Yep. What about um, what's the biggest highlight you've had, um, be it a result or it doesn't even have to be a result to be fair, you know? What sort of, you know, yeah, something that went real. One night that went massive, or, or something that that's uh, that you just absolutely can't stop thinking about in your racing career. Um, I, I feel like I haven't had it yet. Like, I, 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 like the last time I won was so long ago. I think it was about sixteen or seventeen or something. So, I feel like I haven't really had that moment like yet, and I haven't won yet since I've been in the midget. So I'm sort of holding on to that, and I'm hoping we can get that done this year, and that's sort of our goal and stuff but um just sort of like i said earlier sort of just taking everything as it comes at the moment and um hoping we can get some wins that that's that's really what i what i love doing and love doing for a lot of my early career so i'd love to get back into doing some of that yeah for sure for sure so what yeah what then is is okay aside from the wins what's the one thing you're looking most forward to about this new deal next year hr yeah so I think that one thing that me and Jeff sort of came together on is, is Jeff had and hasn't won with one of his midgets in a few seasons, and and I haven't won since being in a midget. And we both said, okay, well that's easy. Our goal this year is to go out and win a midget feature. So um, that's sort of the goal for this year. But as well as like as well as that, just also you know having fun. Like there's a lot of good people at HLR and good crew guys, and everyone because obviously I was there a couple of seasons ago working out the workshop. So I know everyone well there. I, I think one thing I really want to work on is just teamwork, you know, it just being a really good positive vibe and a, and a good team like that and stuff. So that's sort of something I'm looking forward to for this year. Dang. Massive. Anything else there, uh, Daniel? No, just pretty excited to see, see him get back out on track and with a big team of men, um, men have talked to men and we've talked quite a bit. Over the few years of him racing, and I don't know, you know, it's good that you touched on your mental health and stuff like that. Uh, when things weren't going right, because a lot of people do hide. Uh, when things aren't going right, they hide it. And like, I'm just big ups to you. You know, you you put it out there on a platter for everyone to see, um, and all these young people coming through. Like, if, even if it is only mini stocks or quarter midgets, if nothing's going right, you know, they they don't have to bottle it up. They can talk about it. They can let it out. They can. So, yeah, I think it's a big ups from you, man. You know, you've shown your maturity and you're only 21 years old. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I, I think that's – oh, hold on. I think my apple's disconnected. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> is, is that pretty picture again? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the poster hold boy. Up. Um, <laughs> Can you hear us? Can you hear me okay there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Sweet. Um, man, I'm gonna forget what you said. Just you touched on mental health. Um, oh, what was I gonna say about that? Damn it. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I think that's like a really big thing at the moment. Um, you know, we're just like speaking up and stuff, and it's sort of something, you know, that I sort of bottled up for a good few years and i think i sort of spoke out on it like on my facebook like a, f- a couple of years ago and i think it's a big thing to sort of speak up when you're not happy and you know there's people that are there for you and stuff and it, it's something that i think almost everyone sort of could or, or, or will struggle with it at some point in their life so it, it's definitely something that's, that's definitely important to me do you think like just carrying on now do you think um with i don't know if, if motorsport new zealand have anything as such, but um, I know the likes of rugby and rugby league, you know, like there's plenty of uh, the hard men as such that have been through that. And and now like these younger guys, they've, they've really got guys that they can turn to. And what Mike King's doing is also great. But do you think that that's something that kind of Speedway kind of needs or more more of the guys that have, the older guys, I suppose, that have sort of been through it, 
we kind of need them to speak up a bit so that these younger guys, um, be it yourself or younger, again, like Sparky Touch, Mini Stocks, Kilda Midgets, all that, or just in general, there's, there's people to turn to because a lot of people forget that um, with Speedway, like rugby players, yep, some are, you know, they're pretty much professional. They get sort of paid to do it. That's, that's all right. But um, like Speedway, a lot of guys, you know, they doing it on a budget week to week. They have a big crash. You know, that can the family finances for the next couple of years. Or these young guys, you know, you have a win and then you have a drought for so long. Um, sort of need something to 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 be able to turn to as a as a community, don't we? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there needs to be some sort of support system that you can sort of turn to. I think, you know, whether Speedway New Zealand has maybe like a, some sort of support deal or something connected to it would be would be really cool. As some like a sort of like line that you can maybe call up or, or something, you know, something along those lines for and you can talk to someone that's sort of been there and been through that. Because I, I especially think, you know, with, with younger guys, it's something definitely that, that you can struggle with and, you know, things to heart too much and you sort of just need to, to let it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. There we go. Definitely. There's something something that, uh, you know, maybe once you settle in at HLR, you could um, you could, you could could put some put some ideas together and, and um, you know, Get, in, get into it or something because it'd be I think it'd be a great thing that I think it's a great thing that Speedway's missing yeah definitely definitely it's a big thing that's missing man like you just see some of these little kids that even at your mini stop say like something goes their way they spin up or saying you know they've got tears in their eyes straight away they sort of yep. just need a you know a person just come over like no nah, it's alright you know this is what you've done wrong or even no oh, this is you know this is how we deal with it but um, yeah, you're definitely on the right page, man. Like something needs to be done, but hey, who knows? Could could take you know five or six years, or you know something might come in place over just this chat, you know. So at least we're putting it out there. Yeah, I think I think you know all it's going to take is a couple of people to sort of get some sort of you know system or, or something like that together, and because I think you know, like you said, like when kids do get upset about some something at an early age I, I, I think if they don't sort of learn to deal with it in the right way like it, it, they'll grow up and they sort of you know won't know how to deal with it and I think that's something that definitely sort of I think that kind of maybe might have been a part that affected me when I got older is I didn't really know how to deal with it and I would get upset about things and didn't really know how to um, how to deal with it so I think that definitely was a big part for me and I think I'd love to, I'd love the chance to be able to help out younger younger kids and, and and you know guys that may be struggling and don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. I think the best part with Speedway that we can be all pretty thankful for is uh, you know it doesn't matter what class um, we're racing in. Um, I think Speedway's you know a pretty big family. You know, um, rather than friends, it's more family. Um, no matter who we are and what class we race in, which is I guess the positive out of everything. Yeah, I agree. I think you know it shouldn't it shouldn't matter at all like if you race a super stock or you race a mini stock or a midget or you know or something anything like that. I think you know, everyone just needs to band together, come together. You know, we're all in the end, we're all dirt racing. You know, we're all we're all motorsport, and we just need to come together and sort of come up with something that can can help support the upcoming upcoming drivers and and people that are in need. That's the one. What have you got planned for the next uh, couple of days in MIQ, mate? What's what's on the cards? Um, for me, not much more. I think I, I, I fly out. I fly out of here on Monday, and then from there, it's sort of just relaxing for the week. Sort of just trying to just settle back into home, and and maybe you know just spend some time with my family. And um, I start work the following week and stuff. So it'll be good to get back into some work and, and start making some money again. So that'll be that'll be great. Man. Awesome. Hey, mate, uh, Brayton, it's, it's great to have you on. All the best for the uh, the upcoming season. Um, we we had the HLR team down here in Palmy uh, once last year with the big team champs thing, which um, uh, I know you couldn't make it for, for a mechanical thing, but to be fair, you, you actually didn't miss much. It was probably it was, you probably uh, saved yourself a fair bit of money with only uh, with what happened in the race. Um, but hey, look, hopefully uh, we can get the midgets back. We can get you back down here with uh, with the team and Rhino and all that because uh, he was the uh, the man and, and Palmy when he used to come down here and yeah all the best for the the season hopefully uh, bigger and better things are coming. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, I think uh, I think there is a plan for the midgets to come back for the teams champs, and I think that's a really cool idea. Obviously, teams champs is you know one of the biggest sporting events you know in in the country all year. So I think it's a good chance to sort of you know band two worlds together. And obviously, we didn't put on a very good show um, last year, so <laughs> we on a bit of a better show this year, and that'd be cool. Hopefully we make the trip down, be able to meet you guys, see you guys there or something. I don't know if that's sort of an annual deal that you guys do. Yeah, you'll, oh. you'll definitely hear me or be and see me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Have you been to Team Chance before? No, I haven't. A lot of oh, my friends go for a lot of years now. A lot of my friends are really into it and they've told me I need to make it down one year. So I hope I can get down this year and, and catch the action. Mean. All right. That's definitely on the cards. Otherwise, uh, we might have to check to, to Western Springs. Otherwise, um, enjoy the next couple of days, and uh, we'll definitely catch up during the season, mate. Appreciate it. I just want to quickly add, um, I really love what you guys have done here, and I really appreciate you know you guys bringing me on, and this is a really cool deal. I think stuff like this, like podcasts and radio shows and stuff, and what you guys are doing is really good for promoting the sport and you know bringing the sport together as well. So. I think that's really awesome, and I just once again really appreciate and thank you guys for having me on, mate. Cheers, uh, thanks for thanks for uh, taking the time out of your real busy schedule at the moment. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's this week's guest, Brayton Davison. There, of course, uh, just signed on with HLR, um, sitting in quarantine or MIQ, sorry, at the moment. Um, and I bet you he's looking forward to getting out in a couple of days and getting his hands dirty back in the race shed and uh, working on that midget for next season with the HLR team. Uh, big news, obviously, out of Palmerston North, uh, Robertson Holden International Speedway this week, that no racing until November. Uh, does look like uh, we're not hitting the dirt there at the Robertson Holden International Speedway until uh, at least level one, potentially. Um, key key features, obviously, for, for this uh, postponement of October racing is of course the Manawatu Turbos, um, you know, the extended um, uh, Bunnings Cup that they're playing, the MPC, um, of course, meaning we share a ground with them at, at the uh, Central Unity Trust Arena. So, of course, the Turbos will be uh, playing out their MPC season there. Uh, so we can't hit the uh, the Speedway track in the meantime. Um, and obviously, there's probably a few regulations that uh, just probably don't make it uh, quite feasible under Level 2 to go racing. But um, fingers crossed, we're not too far away from hitting the dirt uh, across the nation. And uh, we can't wait to bring you more special guests in the next few weeks from, yeah, around New Zealand. And, of course, as you have uh, seen, we may even pull one out from around the world as we have in recent weeks. Um, also, a big shout-out to our show sponsors, uh, particularly Gary at Burn Art Cars. Uh, he's doing some great new designs on, uh, on some hot rods and things like that. So uh, check him out on Facebook. And, of course, if you want to be a show sponsor... Hit us up on our Facebook page and we can talk turkey with you. Every bit helps. We're, of course, a non-profit radio station, but we need uh, every bit of help to bring you these guests from uh, from around New Zealand and around the world. Um, until then, though, that's us here at Doing It In The Dirt on 999 AM. Otherwise, you can check us out on Spotify, search up Doing It In The Dirt, or, of course, head on to uh, mpr.nz slash show slash D-I-I-T-D to catch all of our back catalogue. Until next week, though, we'll uh, see you there.